Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Stretch your hands towards him. Let's pray for the word of God to come forth with power. Lord, we thank you today that your word is living, is a double-edged sword, Lord. I thank you for my friend and your servant, Chad, Lord God, as he brings a word, let it not be with just persuasive language, but in the demonstration of your spirit and power for our house, and we receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Come on. How many of you love your pastors? Can you just give it up one more time? I know we've been celebrating them today and, and all that God is doing. Uh, man, what an incredible house. I love being here, George. I, I really do. Pastor, it's, you have such a fun church. It is nice to be in a house where people are friendly. It is good to be here where people will smile and, and ask you how you're doing and, and come in and make sure that you're doing good and bring fruit and stuff to you. And, and uh, just, just uh, no one lets me do anything when I'm here, though. That's the problem. And uh, um, that's the only issue. It is such an honor to be here on your seventh year anniversary. There's so many significant things about uh, the numeric of seven and... and uh, I would love to, to connect on some of that today, but I, I actually did not feel like that's what the Lord wanted me to, to share, because uh, <clears throat> it's not completed yet, Amen. and so it's in process, yes. and so um, that, that, that end thing is not there, and so I, I just, as I kept praying, because I kept trying to fight the Lord on it, and I was like, no, but this just makes more sense, and he's like, stop, you know, and so... <laughs> Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to honor the house today, honor you and your amazing family, your wife, your staff. Um, your worship is incredible. Every time I'm here, man, it is, it is such a blessing. And uh, I hope you guys know that, that the house that you're in is blessed. The house that you're in is blessed. Um, so I think this is like the second or third time I'm here, right? Third time. And so I'm now just... I'm, I'm now just family. So uh, last time I was here, I was a little bit more comfortable. I think I shared with you all that I, I've been doing this way too long for me to just try to, to, try to be articulate and all that. kind. I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me because that's what the Lord has used now for over 20-some years. And so I don't have anything else to give you. And there's nothing in me that I can share with you that is going to bless your church. But I believe that the Spirit of God that is alive in me wants to share a word with you that I believe will be a, uh, a springboard for all that is ahead. And so I'm going to pray for that right now. And so, Father, I love you and I thank you for this incredible house. I pray that you would use, my, uh, use me today, imperfect me, to speak a word to your people, to your house, that your blessing, that your hand is upon, that your healing is in that your spirit is welcome in. Father, I ask right now that you would use this message to transition some things that need to be transitioned, that you would use it to transform some things that need to transform, that you would use it to heal the things that have been broken, that you would use it, Father, that you would bring clarity where there has been confusion, Father, that you would bring uh, just peace where there has been unrest. So, Father, in a season, in a world of confusion, we ask for your word. We stand on it and trust it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen. How awesome it is to, to be here. And the uh, last time I was here, I actually spoke on uh, Elijah. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was uh, about a year and a half ago or so, and I was here, and I was talking about uh, the, the, the moment where the servant Elijah had gone up to the mountain, and, and Elijah said, I, I hear the sound of rain, right? And uh, that, that message, uh, as I was sitting here thinking about this message, um, if you guys remember that story, how many times did the servant go forward to see if there was a rain cloud? Seven, right? And so there was a time where he kept going, and then he had to keep coming back, and, and, and he, he had to keep telling the prophet, I don't see anything. Like, I know you think you heard something, but I, I haven't. I'm not seeing it, right? Over the last year and a half, I wonder how many of you maybe attached yourself to that word, and you heard it, and you're not seeing it yet. 
Man, it doesn't mean it's not coming. It doesn't mean it's not coming. It just means that you just listen a little bit. Sometimes you're just, man, you got to go, you got to go back. And eventually, right, we know the end of that story. And uh, there was a point where the servant came back. He's like, well, there's, there's kind of sort of this thing that I see in the distance that, that may be a cloud the size of a man's hand. Lord doesn't need anything too big in order for it to be the word that comes forth with power and produce rain that will pour out his blessing and spirit upon people. And so I was thinking about that message as I was preparing for this and of course your, your seven-year story. And I remember in that message, I also uh, gave a, a word that I felt like the Lord said that within five years, this house will have what you need in order to expand past the walls of this building, specifically in the areas of significant personal, financial, and cultural impact. Right? I remember that word. And so I want you to keep holding on to it because sometimes you, you ever got a word and then you go, you're like, it's kind of past and you're like, ah, I don't even remember what that thing was. Right? I don't want you to forget the words that God has spoken over you Amen. specifically and then your house, your church. You've got to go back sometimes and you've got to be able to remember the things that God has spoken to you. Right? I believe that there's probably some in here today and you've gotten some things in your life and you're going, man, I thought I would be in a different spot by this point in my life. Yes. Right? That's not what... It, it, just because you don't see it in the moment doesn't mean it's still not in process of happening. And so I, uh, you, can, you can look at the seven-year history, and how fun is that, right? You guys have actual video that you can go back and, and see the day when, when the church began and you did the prayer walk. And I'm going to get into something today, and we hadn't talked about this, but my message uh, today uh, is going to be out of Joshua 6. And so we're going to be talking about this walk that y'all did some years back. And so we're going to be having this conversation, but the reality is this. You can go back and you can kind of, kind of see, but, you know, we can get so caught up in the moment today that we miss the process of how we got there. You can miss the process of how we got there. You can miss that y'all were on a, on a wow. sidewalk with a guitar, Come on. walking two miles, just praying that God would show up hey. at some point, yes. right? Yes, yes. And some of you weren't here. You're like, man, you just thought that this thing was this way forever, right? right? You came in and you're like, oh, this, this building's awesome. Yeah. This is a great church. These are nice people. It didn't start that way. That's right. It started with a sidewalk, prayer walk, wow. right? And then it started with faith, and then it started with, with a gym or, or, you know, in the school. And, and it, you know, I, I always love when churches start in a school to some degree. And the reason for that is because it forces you to focus on the teaching, right? And because God's word is, is teaching us a lot, and so it kind of has that, that context to it. And then, of course, just months in, God gives you a building, which is rare, yes. right? And you're, you're not long in, and then there's so many things that could come in. So, you know, I don't want you to miss it. You know, last year in April, I, uh, I was going through some medical stuff. I don't even know. I was in a very, um, I'll, I'll use the term, stressful season. Anyone ever have a stressful season in your life? Anyone? No? Okay, just me. Cool. Like five other people, everyone else, teach us, okay? That is the next connect group that is going to happen in this church, okay? So for those of us that don't get it yet, um, but I was in a just, there was a lot of things going on. Um, if you remember kind of my story, I've been pastoring now for 23 years. I've had the privilege. God had called me in the ministry very early on, uh, and, and I, I did not grow up in the church. Um, and so when I got saved, he was like, cool, you're going to help people. And I'm like, all right, let me do that. I don't know what else to do. I'll do it, okay? I just wanted people to experience what I felt that day, right? And so I've been doing that for 23 years. I just, wanna, I just want people to experience that love. I don't want to argue faith. I don't want to argue theology with anybody. I just, I, I just, I can't do that. I just want you to experience Jesus the way that I did. And, and I get it. Are there times where it seems as if things conflict? Sure. I don't have that. All I do know is this. I just had an experience with Jesus and I wept for 45 minutes and I had no idea why, but I knew that this God 
came over me and, and uh, I felt love for like I've never felt love before. So I just want to, that's what I want to do. And a few years back, I transitioned and I started to plant churches globally with uh, a dear friend of Pastor George's and uh, with Pastor Joel and, and Pastor Larry Stockstill and had the privilege of doing that. And then uh, that role for me was going to shift. And uh, I didn't feel like just cold calling churches because all I want to do is just bless churches and love on churches. And if in the process they want to connect with plenty of churches globally, cool, right? Like that's kind of where I was at. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, Pastor Joel, man, this is, you know, it's not me. He's like, I know it's not you, <laughs> you know? And so, like, we got it. And so I was like, hey, I want to just connect with churches and pastors. And uh, so I started to do that. And then uh, while I was transitioning into, uh, from Las Vegas, like, we planted a church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Like, if you want to plant, you <laughs> think about fun churches to plant, right? That is not, nowhere in any church book in any church planning magazine, Charisma does not tell you to plant your church in Las Vegas, Nevada. I can tell you that much. And so I was, I was our first, it was my like first domestic church plant. And I was working with a, a wonderful pastor, Pastor Aaron Pino. And uh, some of you may know his brother, Pastor Rick, um, and a wonderful prophetic worship leader. And so Pastor Aaron and I was like, he's like, man, I want to plant a church. I was like, that's awesome. Do you trust me? And he was like, sure. You know? And so I was like, it's awesome. So let's figure out what to do. And of course, that church is doing fantastic, right? It's out in Vegas reaching people, killing it for the, for the Lord out there, which is so very cool. And um, but in the process of pastoring pastors, um, one of my board members at my church had asked me if I would come on board as his chief operating officer for his companies. And so um, I said, sure, why not, right? Um, seemed like I had nothing else to do. And um, all that being said, let's fast forward to last April, and I was in, I was in uh, it was uh, towards the end of a season, and I was incredibly stressed. Some things were going on, and all of a sudden, something medically hit me out of nowhere. So out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I was, just, I was having these headaches. I couldn't stay awake, and then I was laying in, in my bed, and the pain was so severe that I had gone out to my wife, and I said, honey, I'm... I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. Like, I don't go to the hospital. Like, I don't, I don't go to the hospital. It's the way it is, right? And uh, I don't go to the hospital. I'm a horrible patient. So, but my wife looked at me. She's like, can I drive you? I said, no, you, you're working. I'm, I'm going to go. And I, I uh, got in my car, and I started to drive around. Now, I live 1.2 miles from the hospital. I've been there multiple times doing hospital. My son was born there. I know where the hospital is. I wound up three and a half miles in another direction, completely confused, had no idea where I was. I was crying in my car, weeping. I had no idea where I was. I was in so much pain. One of my staff members, uh, one, of, one, of my, uh, yeah, one of my staff members, he called and he said, man, where are you at? I said, I, I honestly have no idea. And... Uh, I said, well, I know where I'm going. Like, that's what I do know. How many know it's just good to know where you're going? It's good to know where you're going, even if you're in the middle of a season of pain, even if you're in the middle of a season of tension, even if you don't know where you are, it is great to know where you're going. God will get you there. And I'm sitting in my car, and, uh, and, and I, I just knew that I could put the location in my navigation system, and I got a, a neat car that will drive me to it. I knew that. So I put my navigation, and I, I took my hand off the wheel, took my hand off the, the pedals, and my car just started to drive me to the hospital. I got in the parking lot, and my guy was there. He met me there. And I sat in the hospital that day, and, uh, and I'm, I'm only sharing this because I, I only, like, it's just sometimes good to, to have context to some things. And so I, I don't want you to miss the process of all of this stuff, right? And so I'm in the hospital. Uh, long story short is a doctor came into the ER, and he's like, hey, uh, uh, he started asking me these weird questions. My guy was there with me, and he's like, can I ask you these questions in front of your staff member? I said, yeah, I don't care. What are you asking me? You know, he started asking me some weird questions. I was like, well, I didn't realize where you were going, you know? And so all that being said, I answered them honestly, and, and, uh, and he comes back in. He said, unfortunately, uh, Pastor Chad, um, hey, he called me Pastor Chad. It was great. So that worked out. 
Um, he said, unfortunately, we're looking right now at three different things, all of which are going to be fatal for you. Wow. What you said? I'm just tired and have a headache. You're telling me I'm dying? You've lost your mind. Lost your mind. And then he left for 24 hours. Didn't, I didn't see him again for 24 hours. That's what he left me with. I'm in the hospital for 24 hours. Are you kidding me? You're leaving me with that? I called, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I connected with George, but I went on my threads and kind of let uh, every, kind of some folks know, not everybody, but just let a few people know, hey, I'm in this situation and moment. And uh, man, it just doesn't look good for me right now. And I have no idea why I'm here. I, I don't even know what's going on right now. Fast forward, devil's a liar, yeah. right? Yeah. Took me, let's see, that was April. Um, my, all, my, all my lab works are almost about back to normal with the devil meant for evil. God will turn around for good. Don't you dare tell me. My time on this earth not done yet, right? What I, what I, what I say to that is simply this. Yeah, you know, when I, when I got to the hospital and afterwards, because I, I was all confused and, and all of this story got pieced together after the fact because I was so confused. And I just remember a couple of days being in the hospital going, how did I get to the hospital? How did I get here? Like, I had no context to how I even got there. And, you know, my guy was there, and he was like, uh, your car drove you. And I'm like, wait, what? What I don't want you to miss is the fact that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. It doesn't matter how you got there, right? You need to know that as a church, God has you positioned in the exact spot for you to receive what you need to receive regardless of what is going on, for him to show up, produce the miracle in your life, produce the word over the church, produce the word over your community, do what he needs to do. It doesn't matter. It, the, the process, you might miss the process. God's going to get you to where you're going. Seven years of a church. You can sit here, show up today, and go, man, oh, man, the sound system's a little off today. You remember the day where you were setting up the portable one? Right? And so the process is good. Sometimes you can look back over your marriage and go, man, it's just, it's just sometimes it's a struggle. Right? I'm mean, Come on. You're not really married if at one point you didn't look over and go, you know? At least that's my wife anyway. I mean, I'm the, I'm the blessed one on that one, right? And so, but I look at that and I'm like, 22 years with my wife, 23 years with my wife. Where did the time go? My daughter's 14 years old. Where'd the time go? My son is nine years old. He's also about my height, okay? And so where did the time go? Seven years into the church, where did the time go? All the messages, all the tears, all the community, all the laughs, all the dinners, all of the prayer, all of the moments, all the baptisms, all of the faith, all of the, all of the salvations, all of the impact. Where did the time go? Where did the time go? And today I want to talk to you all about a message or about a passage that you all are familiar with based on that that video that's out of Joshua, chapter 6. And we can look at that moment in Joshua, chapter 6. And if we had just picked up our Bible and started to read it, we wouldn't have full context. Because it was back in Exodus 3 when God gave Moses the word that he was going to hand him a land filled with milk and honey. That he was going to bring the people out of the, the stuff that they were in and that he was going to promise them something beautiful, something amazing, something fantastic. Now that word was good. Come on, right? Could you imagine hearing from God just like that clarity, so clear? I'm going to get you there. I'm going to bring you. Today's title of the message, if you're a note taker, is Got Milk. <laughs> Got Milk. He promised them the, the land of milk and honey. Right? And then he said, 
Let's go on a three-day walk. Let's go on a three-day walk. We're going to start doing, we're going to go walk into this thing. It's going to take three days to get there. Three days. How many, how many, how many years did it take for them to walk to the place where we're going to pick it up here in Joshua 6? Anyone know? 40. 40. But if we pick it up in Joshua chapter 6, We'd miss the fact That's right. that it took them a little while. Woo. That they've been through some stuff. Word, right? Moses at one point in Deuteronomy sent out these 12 spies. Sent out these 12 individuals. This like reconnaissance mission. So one of the wonderful weird things that I do in my life, I actually lead a very high level um, security company, private security industry uh, that takes care of government officials, uh, high level celebrities, um, and everything else in between. And so... Um, I understand recon. Like, I, it's a weird thing that I've learned how to love and, and do, right? Um, and so there's something sometimes where uh, one of the, you know, member of Congress will be coming in. I got to go down to Miami airport. I got to walk with TSA, FBI, uh, Secret Service, and everybody else in between. I got to go two entrances in, two entrances out. They shut down the entire thing for me. I walked in the first time I did this. You understand, they're all like, Chet, what, what, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, it's a great question. What do you think we should do? You know what I mean? Like, let's just figure it out. And so, but they shut down the entire, I get recon. And so here they send in some people in to go, hey, so this land that's promised, I just want you to go look at it. Tell me what you see. They came back. Two of them. Said, oh, the grapes are, man, the grapes are massive. It is just beautiful. The land is just flowing with everything. It's, it's financially where it should be. It's economically where it should be. I mean, everyone gets along politically, right? I mean, all the things, right? No one's saying that today. Um, and then 10, 10 of them gave them every reason why they couldn't walk in. You got some people in your life telling you you can't be where God's called you to be? You ever had anyone step up and you have a dream or you have a vision or you have something in your heart that God has dropped in you and you just want to share it and you just want to do it, you just want to walk in it and someone's like, man, you kind of can't do it. You have any idea how much money that's going to take? You know how long, you know what, you got churches in this area that have been around longer than seven years and they're not even accomplishing what you think God's going to accomplish. How you think you can do it? You think Remnant Christian Center is going to be able to do that? Yes, absolutely I do. I don't need 10 people telling you that you can't accomplish what God has had for this house. All you need is a couple. You need some faithful people alongside of you. I think you have a couple in this room that will come alongside of this house and tell you how beautiful it's going to be walking into what God has promised you. I'm sorry. That's good. All right. So Joshua 6, I'm going to read. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. This is in verse 1. No one went out, nor did they come in. Don't you dare think that the enemy is not in fear of you showing up. Come on. Why was it barred? Because they knew the power that was on the horizon. They knew what was coming with them. It wouldn't have been barred. No one went out. They were afraid of what was coming. Everywhere you walk, walk with power. You walk into Publix. Walk with power. You walk into a a courtroom, walk in with power. Not by your power, right? But by his. I don't care how big you are. I know this. Some of my most lethal individuals that I have on my staff, and I have some lethal individuals on my staff, 200, one of my, my most elite guy on my team has 258 tours in both the civilian and military career. Been blown up twice, shot three times. Missing fingers, pulls glass out of his eyes. Wow. Okay? <clears throat> He's a bad dude. 
Marine recon, Marine sniper instructor, three years. You would never know it. You do not need to be the biggest and the baddest. You need to understand what God's placed in you so you can walk in a different level when absolutely necessary. Right? And so, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Only the Lord can speak about something in past tense when it hasn't even happened yet. The Lord is speaking something into you. He is speaking something into you. And I want you to see it this way, right? Then the Lord said to Joshua, see. My first point today, if you're taking notes, visualize your victory. Visualize your victory, Remnant Christian Center. Visualize your victory, Pastor. Visualize your healing. Visualize your healed marriage. Visualize your mental state. Visualize your child coming back. Visualize the things of God being fruitful and manifesting in your life. Visualize being out of debt. Visualize on, your, on the stage at Ramsey Solutions doing your debt-free screen. Oh, but man, it's just, it's just I'm going to be in this debt. I'm just going to be here, you know. We're dead as dumb, cash is king, and the paid off home mortgage is paid off. You know, come on, like we, whatever it is for you. But I, I believe that you need to visualize your victory. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. It is not the Lord speaking negative, I can't do it, or I'm not this. Jesus is saying, no, I got it. Look, watch. See this? I got you. I got the new building. I got the area. I got the influence. I got the people. I have the impact. I know what God's called you to do. I know the apostolic calling on you. I will manifest it into, into, into fruition. It will happen. Yes, the things of God for this house will take place. March around the city once with all the armed men. This is just because I watch so, so much chaos in this day and I, I look at different things and a lot of my life in this season is focused on the things uh, my, my, you know, in, in this season is to protect the individuals and so that they actually never have to see the things that go on. Um, man, there's something about having men uh, rise up in this hour. There, it, women, I'm telling you right now, uh, you have an incredible place in the, in the kingdom of God. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. You have an incredible place in the church. You have an incredible place in teaching ministry. You have an incredible place in a lot of areas. But there's something happens when men rise up and are willing to do the hard work. When men rise up and worship. When men rise up and take a stand and start to walk out. When men rise up and listen to their leadership. Right? March around the city with all the armed men. And there ain't nothing wrong with this. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Uh, do this for six days. Hmm. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the seventh day. March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then a wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Come on. Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. My second point to this message today that I believe the Lord wants to speak to the house is God's process is deserving of his presence. God's process is deserving of his presence. Listen to what it said. Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. If the Lord has positioned you to move out in faith in an area and has called you to do something specific, don't you dare get halfway there and forget that he's the one that positioned you there. It can be very easy to think that you're that good or that you came up with that on your own. Uh-uh. You sure didn't, right? 
bring them with you. You want some things changing and shifting in your life? In, 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 and man, I, I just I watch this. Uh, I watch 80% of churches, over 80%. I think that's, that statistic's a little low. 80% of churches that begin uh, die out within the first year to five years, right? For 80%. Think of that. In America, right? We could have a church on every single corner and still not have enough. So God's placed you right in it, man. This is a house that the spirit of the living God is welcomed in, carried in. What about your mental health? I'm not so silly to think that everyone else in the world has things going on, emotional stuff going on, depression, anxiety, different things that are going on, and it's not in this house, right? And so I've, I've watched what has happened since the pandemic. And I see how, how things have shifted in some folks. I'm telling you right now, bring the Lord into that yes. in your life. Yes. Bring him in. And, and a lot of you have sat in your, in your, in your bedroom. No one's, even, no one's around you. And, and you're going, man, I, I don't even know if the Lord can even can, can touch me based on where my mind is and where, I, where my, thing, my thoughts are. I don't even know if, 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 if he would even be welcomed here. And I don't even know if I trust it anymore. Bring him right in. Bring him right in the middle of that. He has called you to clarity. He has called you to a mind that is of sound mind. And so I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to ask to bring the Holy Spirit back into that moment. The difficulties, the challenges, the moments in your life. God's process is deserving of his presence. We get into what God told us to do and start feeling as if we're doing it and completely forget to continue to ensure that he is directly in the middle of it. When you go into the battle, sit down and discuss business plans. When you have a disagreement with somebody, when you go to school, come on, all the kids in this place, when you go into school, I just can't focus. Bring the Lord into that, young man. Bring the Lord into that. After school, go run in the yard. Do 100 laps in the yard afterwards. Get all that energy out. But you can absolutely focus and be mentally strong. You can lead the way in your class. When you do your homework, parents, amen. Sometimes as parents, you got you to gotta go ahead and ask the Lord and the, the Holy Spirit to be in, in the homework, right? Because uh, depending on where your kid goes to school, you don't know how to do their homework. <laughs> Right? <clears throat> when you do things for the church, yes, yes. don't Pastor George see me? I'm here all the time. Come on, I'm to preach on that. What does it matter if he sees you? I lead two companies right. over 500, uh, no, not quite over 500. In, in a few months, it'll be back over 500. A little under, like 400 and someone said. If I told you the people that I've had the privilege to be in front of over the last year, you'd laugh. I've been in front of a guy who talks like this. He's been in movies every single one of us have wow. seen. Wow. And I'm taking care of he and his family. Wow. Okay? I, I'm, I'm, the inter, I'm the interface between he and, and our people. Right? And so he, uh, <laughs> he had a look at me the day he showed up the first time because I was talking all the time. And he probably was like, what in the Wizard of Oz little people did I get myself into in this moment, right? And so, and uh, I, I introduced him to his staff and I walk him to where he's, you know, we, we, the initial part. And, and that night specifically, there was a crazed individual just hopping. It, it came out of nowhere. It was so bizarre. It was instantaneous, right? So this, this crazy man, crazy long hair, just he's jumping over three walls to get to this guy. And his family, and, and I'm looking over at his detail that I have put on him, and they are, uh, they have people in front of them, and they're unable to get them. So I'm literally the closest person in this moment. And I look over at his manager, and she's, you know, she's like, do something, you know. And so I'm like, all right. So this guy finally gets over, grabs a hold of, of this guy, and I'm like, oh, absolutely no, this cannot be happening right now, right? So 
I go and, and I gently grab something uh, close to me and I, I, <laughs> I grab that man's arm and I, and I go to push him back and that individual looks over and he's like, I got it. And I'm like, you sure? He's like, stay close. And I'm like, I just had this guy, you know, it was like the coolest thing in the moment for me, right? And so I'm standing there close and afterwards the guy leaves and uh, I apologize, of course, and he's like, is there anybody else around? <laughs> I was like, absolutely. He's like, make sure they're closer. You know? And so uh, later on that night, I found out that that individual was actually, um, the individual that came up and was uh, the crazed fan was actually Bon Jovi's piano player. And uh, he was, and so afterwards I found that out. I had to go and I was like apologizing to him. So I'm like, I almost shot you. And so, um, <clears throat> sorry, I know it's church. Um, but... <laughs> And he goes, no, it's the coolest thing in the world. I am a crazed fan. I just saw my idol. And in this moment, he goes, I'm thinking, I'm meeting my idol. I'm going to get shot the same day. It was the weirdest thing. Anyway, all that being said to say that sometimes you're, you, the Lord is going to position you in places that you don't expect to be in. Right? And, and so, and, and you can be in here. And there's another individual that we get the privilege of taking care of. He's worth $47 billion. $47 billion. I don't even understand. My, my calculator doesn't go that way, right? <clears throat> and uh, uh, middle of the night one night, I'm having a conversation with him as he's leaving for his plane. His garage door broke. He was trying to find him like, sir, you have something more important to do. You don't need to fix your garage. And uh, he's like, just make sure that it's fixed before Mrs. wakes up. And I'm like, it's good to know that no matter how much money you have, that's still the relationship in every house, right? And so <laughs> it is good to know. And uh, he said, he backs up and he's like, Chad, do you know why your company's here? I said, sir, I have no idea why my company's here outside of the fact that, you know, you like us and uh, that we were qualified. He said, nope, I heard you were a faith-based company. Wow. I'm, I'm searching for something and everyone around me is pushing me to certain things and I have no idea what I'm looking for, but I have a feeling we'll find out through you. Wow. Sitting there, not, look, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not that good, right? I'm not. I'm not even close to being that good. But don't you dare think that God is going to be opening the doors for you, and then you're going to start walking in them and all of a sudden feel like you have did something. Heck no. I know my skill set and talents. I'm a pastor for 23 years. The Lord is opening the doors for me. The Lord is going to be opening doors for you. When you're in them, be reminded of why you're there. Right? You're in the middle of this. You're, you're standing at the gates. You're in this 40 years. You've walked through this, this, this stuff as a church. You've, you've, it started with a vision many years ago, sitting probably on a platform at Benny Hinn's church. You're probably sitting there. The Lord's given you this vision, and you're walking through all of this stuff, and all of a sudden people are sitting here at the seventh year thinking it just happened so easy. We're standing here at the walls of Jericho, and, and we think that it's just easy. It's not. But remember that God's process is deserving of his presence. I'm going to continue on. He ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed with the ark. All of this time, the trumpets were sounded. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. My third point is simply this. Obedience breaks down even the most fortified obstacles. Obedience obedience I don't know about you but I would be I would be okay well the Lord 40 years seven years all this stuff all this prayer all this time all this pain all this turmoil all this stuff people coming into this house and walking out that you never thought would leave oh no it's just easy pastor pastor James pastor pastor George they got it they they it's easy it's not it's not it's not easy for you Right? Come on. Nothing worth doing is ever easy. God's not going to call you to something. It's just going to be, ah, it's just going to be. Why would he call you to it then? 
He wants to see the process of building it. He wants you to understand the beauty in it. He wants you to see the power and his authority in it. But your obedience breaks down even the most fortified obstacles. I would have yelled early. 40 years, I'm yelling today. <laughs> Am I the only one? You ever yelled in a situation too early? Mm. Yes, sir. Yep. You heard the Lord believing for what he's promised, but change what he spoke to you just slightly because you felt like it would help the process along. Oh, boy, that is good. That is so good. No one ever did that? So good. And you wonder why it didn't turn out the way you thought. Mm. Mm. What if we would have just had the path? What if we would have just stayed obedient? What if, uh, what if you just had a pastor? And his wife that just stayed obedient when it would have been a heck of a lot easier to do what everyone else does. Well, it would be a heck of a lot easier if we just, we only let the Holy Spirit in on, on prayer nights. It would help grow the church. Come on. Am I, I'm just talking to nobody. That's an obedient pastor. Staying in it. Something's going on in your physical body. And sometimes just be easier to give up. Mm -mm. And let's be obedient to his healing. Guess God just doesn't heal anymore. But seriously, how many times have we crossed our mind? We may not have verbalized it. So a man thinks. So he is. But he does heal. Your obedience to believe it. Is important. It's probably even more important than the healing itself. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'll be honest with you. When I was sitting in the hospital last year, and, and the three things they told me I had weren't good. I've been in the I've, I've been in the medical field longer than I've been in uh, pastoral ministry. So <clears throat> uh, since I was 18 years old. Um, uh, being with the fire department, um, uh, being an EMT, going to paramedic school, going to nursing school. And so um, I've been in a long time. And so I know what that stuff means. And uh, there was a point where my captain showed up from the fire department. He was sitting next to me. And uh, the doctor came in to give me some news. And I didn't want him to see his chaplain have a lack of faith, so I asked him to step out. Yeah, we're human. We're allowed to have human moments, right? I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's worth it. Come on, somebody. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. I love how this passage focuses on the presence of God. Almost more than anything else. Circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Don't leave when you're in the middle of what God has told you to do. Joshua got, it's easy to leave your marriage when you're in the middle of it when it's, it's hard. I'm not saying if you've walked out or something like that, look, don't feel condemnation in this. I'm saying there might be someone in here right now that you're going, you're having a moment, you're having a thought, and I'm telling you right now, the hardest thing you'll ever do is stay faithful in the middle of it. Do not stay in an abusive situation. You talk to somebody on all that stuff. That, I'm not saying to do something silly like that, but I am saying sometimes you got to fight for it to be beautiful, right? So, right, you're in the camp. The Lord said Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. Again, they're staying obedient. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed with the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did this for six days on the seventh day. How many of you know, did it just like second day, third day? If George was like, hey, you know, Pastor George, if you were like, hey, we're going to be, we're going to be doing, and, and, you know, we're doing this thing, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, well, uh, wait, we can't actually do the thing that we're supposed to do that you think that you felt like God called you to do. Uh, can I? 
how many been like probably had like a, a like a board meeting? You know what I mean? Like a, like a like a staff meeting on the side. You're like afterwards. There was like a text that went out. They were like, hey, if anyone wants to meet over at Denny's, we're gonna have a quick conversation. You know? I think Pastor George lost his mind. <laughs> right? But they stayed faithful. How 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 wonderful is it to have some people surrounding you that are inside of this house? You, those of you that are a part of this, this church, that know the stories that could kind of get everyone in a little bit of trouble, you know what I mean? Like you're that close to this house to stay faithful when it gets hard. And on day, they did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times. Seven. It's your seventh year. You're now at the doorstep of what's to come. You're at the doorstep of your promise. That's right. You're at the doorstep of your healing. Yes. You're at the doorstep of his presence in this place. You're in the doorstep of something significant. And I don't know what the promise is for you individually and collectively. Oh, but I do know. That you woke up and you decided to march around seven more times. You just got up. God, I'm waking up and I'm just believing for it. God, I'm trusting that I didn't miss your word. God, I believe in you. I know that you love me. I know that you are my God. I know that you are my healer. You are my provider. You are my significance. You, If you and you alone, Jesus, I will always follow you. I will always trust you. I will always be here. Jesus, you are everything I need. And I don't know what is ahead, but I know this. You gave me a promise. And I'm going to walk in it. You think they might have felt a little weird? Here's this city that they've been dreaming about for 40 years. Thinking about, complaining about manna and all the other stuff that went on. And people, I mean, the, really the crew that, that got them there weren't the real crew that actually started with them. Right? And you're walking around and you're like, God, is this word even still for today? If you, I just, I keep going back to this, but, and I said it last time I was here, and I, I don't know what it, what it was about it, but whenever the words have been spoken over you prophetically, that haven't yet come to pass yet, do not disregard them as false. Bring them back. Read over them. Pray over them. Seek the Lord on them. Maybe there's something he wants you to go back. And the reason why it hasn't even, it hasn't unfolded you. Because there was a thing that you were like, hey, I'm going I'm to do absolutely everything. But there's this one thing. But I, I just can't do this thing. Right? But there's the, you know, and we're going to go here. Right? And so just bring them back. And I just feel like the Lord has just said to them, bring them back out. Seven days, seven times. Now, I love this. So on the seventh day, they got daybreak, marched around the city seven times, except on, uh, on that day, they circled the, uh, the city seven times. The seventh time around, I'm talking fast for time. When the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua canned, commanded the army, shout, hey. for the Lord has given you the city, the city and all that is in it to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all that are within her house shall be spared because she hid the spies, uh, the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will take the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring about trouble in it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron and scratch, the Lord must go into his treasury. And there's going to be some things while you're in your process that are going to look like you're supposed to have them. They're going to look like you're, that they were actually positioned for you to grab and to take hold of that look better. 
that look like they're a, a, a part of that very blessing. You've got to be cautious in those moments. His word is always specific. So take hold of the thing that you know is yours. And let go of the things that aren't. Not everything gold is God. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. The fourth thing, have the courage to continue. Have the courage to continue. Forty years, land of milk and honey. Twelve spies. Ten came back. Negative reports. Two came back. They're just too big to miss. The grapes are massive. Watch the walls fall. Watch the addictions break yes, off. Lord. Watch the influence. In a day where any wacko with a camera can have influence, God will elevate some of you to have global godly yes. influence. Seriously, there's some wackos with some influence right now. <clears throat> Something changes when men and women of God stand. Take fast and hold to a vision. Next week, you're going to share a vision of this house of what's to come. You shared with me back in the olive room. You need to take up that vision. That's right. Run with that vision. Right. Run with that vision. Hold on to that thing because I'm telling you, walking in it, Pastor Joel and Pastor Larry talked to me years ago. They said, Chad, you, you've been an incredible pastor for a lot of years, but you can never walk into the season that you have that God wants to position you in if you keep holding on to the things that you've had for years. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and preach that right over you. You have got to move forward in the things of God and do only the things that God's called you to do for the house so that you can impact the kingdom. God's brought you competencies surrounding you. God's brought you loyalty. God's brought you honor. Walk in that. Be confident. One of the hardest things a leader who loves his church is to do is to let go of some things that he truly loves. Okay? You're going to talk the rest. I ain't doing that. All right? But, all right? So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city, devoted the city to the Lord, and destroyed with the sword and every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, donkeys, everything. Joshua said uh, to the two men who had... Uh, uh, had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house, bring her out with all who belong to her in accordance, to, uh, in accordance with uh, your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went and brought Rahab out, her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, all belonging to her, and then brought her into the entire family and put them into place outside the camp of Israel. And then they burned the whole city with everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles and the bronze and the treasury yeah. in the Lord's house. Yeah. But Joshua spared Rahab and the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Let me tell you what this one, in this season coming up, and this is the evangelist in me, all the things that God has given to me. I have one thing in my life that I care about and that is helping people see Jesus. That is it. I'm an evangelist at heart. Those of you who lead the evangelism ministry, trust me when I tell you, I only care about one thing. Everything I do on this earth has one thing in mind and that's to help people see Jesus. That is to help people walk into a relationship with the Father and to receive his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and let him work out the imperfections. That is not my job. But number five, in this season, don't be shocked by who Jesus saves. Don't be shocked by who Jesus saves in this upcoming season. How many? You know how excited I get? I have this one guy on my team. I love this guy. He is uh, just this burly, just massive monstrosity of a man. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just funny to see him. It's almost comical and almost fake looking. Um, and some of it probably is, right? Um, uh, or at least chemically enhanced, right? And so, um, so <laughs> all that being said to say this, and, and then I'm, I'm going to close. Um, and, that is, and that is this. He has 
<clears throat> sinner tattooed around his neck. Wow. And when I met him, had a pentagram necklace on. Now, some of you are like, oh, how, would you, how dare you bring, why would you even bring him on your staff? Why wouldn't I? He was qualified. His company was fantastic. His competencies are fantastic. <clears throat> if someone can hit my tar- 40 yards, moving target, 8-inch plate with a, with a pistol, he's got competency. And I need him. So I'm going to love on him. So before every detail, I pray for my team. I pray over my team. Well, that's weird for a protection agency. Uh-huh. I don't do it because I'm a, I, I run a... I could care less about the security side of my company. I care less about people. I care, I care more about people. I want them to be loved on. I want them to be cared for. I want them to be... Ch- I, 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 if they're out till 4 in the morning, I'm up till 4 in the morning to ensure that they're home. Come on. They know I care. I watch every move they make, not because I don't trust them, but because I care about them. That's right. Right? So... So good, Chad. So... All of a sudden, we're on a detail last year, and it's very uh, kind of one point. He, he pulls me aside. He's like, hey, I know I work every, set, uh, every Sunday for you. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, if you give me a Sunday off, would you mind if my wife and I would come to church with you? And I'm like, wait, you're an atheist. He said, yeah. But if someone, if a church produces somebody like you, to care for somebody like me, I want to figure out what's, what's in that. So, don't be shocked by who God saves. They might not look like you. They might scare you a little bit. It's all right. Band wants to come up and they want to just play keys behind me. I want to pray for you. You're about to walk in. That's right. We receive that. We receive that. Seven years is a celebration. That's right. It's taking a lot to get here. That's right. Receive that for your own life. Walk around those walls. What is it for you? What is standing in the way? What's the final battle? that's standing in front of you it's going to hold you back from walking into the promises of God some of you have been praying about that thing that's been that addiction man look if your phone is your addiction and you know what I mean when I say that put that thing on the floor walk around it and then And then get some software on it and get some accountability in your life so that you don't keep falling into the trap of the enemy. Your future wife deserves it. Your future husband deserves it. Some of you feel like, man, you're just not good parents. You're just, I mean, you're just so angry and you don't even know why. Put your kids in the middle of the room. Walk around them. Wow. Wow. Jesus. And wrap your arms around them when you're done. And hold them. Because those kids are the very ones that you prayed for. qualified to do a single thing I do including standing here but I do know this I want nothing I have no agenda the 
only thing I've done and I have failed to do it many times but the thing that is true in me in every area of my life is that I just want people to see him I don't have anything else to give I just want to honor Lord promote you. Let the Lord elevate you. Pastor George, Janice, let the Lord walk you in to the season ahead in your family, in your bodies. If the church falls and your marriage and family succeed, you won. Father, right now, you're healing. You're healing. Your promise. Not mine. Not Pastor George's. Yours. For I've healed you. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Everything alive. Every attack of the enemy falls now. Every obstacle place before them now falls. Generational curses fall now.
stability comes now. Father, produce what only you can produce. Let him walk in whole. Let him walk in healed. Let him walk in with a story that they can look back on and put on the screens in another seven years and go, I remember the day. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.